the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We're going to talk about the stock market. We'll have a little strategy in today's episode and much, much more. Some headlines, obviously. Mixed markets yesterday. The NASDAQ and the SP were winners. The Dow was down slightly. The 10-year treasury sits at 3.44%. Year-to-date, Google or Alphabet, as they're known as, is up 4%, sitting at $111. Silently starting to make a move. It is a laggard to Apple and Microsoft and NVIDIA, Facebook. They have some value tied towards them if you think they're not going to go out of business. Now, that's a crazy thought because they do a billion plus searches a day, right? But um, maybe it's not because of ChatGPT. That's where you have to say, which one am I? Am I a believer or am I a non-believer? And that's you can be whoever you want. None of my business. Stocks were a mixed bag yesterday is ultimately what I'm getting at. Prices rose 4.9% on the CPI, marking the 10th month in a row of cooling inflation. And the first time inflation's dipped below 5% in two years. Slowly getting there, but we want to get there fast, but we're slowly getting there, which means the Fed's probably going to keep rates higher longer until the economic data starts to crack, which we could have a precipice of that with the Fed and the debt ceiling issues that is going on kind of clashing together right now. The Fed's tightening monetary supply, uh, uh, tightening lending conditions ultimately is the way you look at it when you raise interest rates. And that affects car buyers, home buyers, uh, purchases on purchases on credit cards. I don't think this is going to affect the market today, but the United States is bracing for border chaos as Title 42 expires. In the middle of the night, I was reading some uh, Financial Times articles, and uh, there's a lot of like movement of U.S. agents in that area. I don't know what that's all about. I don't think anyone, um, say someone does, but not me. There's some news I can't go very deep into. Title 42, a public health policy that went into effect in March of 2020 that allowed U.S. Border Patrol to turn away migrants seeking asylum to prevent the further spread of COVID. Title 42 received criticism from the ACLU and other advocacy organizations for using public health as a pretext for keeping immigrants out of the country. To me, there is a very thorny issue, but because I'm in finance, the issue of migration and immigrants helps the United States labor force. I know. Let it sit in. Uh, I have to admit that this is going to be a controversial statement. More often than not, it's not affecting your job. And they do jobs that many Americans don't want to do. Such as working in kitchens, such as working in fields. It's not that's not fun work. With that said, 
I have no other opinion on illegal or legal immigration. It's just not something that I can get into depth on. And that's the right or way of saying that. Some headlines out there. The FDA panel backs over-the-counter birth control approval. A panel of outside experts voted unanimously yesterday that the agency should allow over-the-counter sales of Opil, a hormonal birth control pill that has been made available without with a prescription for half a century. Wow. Birth control is going to go over-the-counter. Is that right? That's. I did not see that news story coming. Disney is trimming its streaming losses. This is an interesting one. The company reported that price increases helped significantly reduce losses. Disney lost 4 million subscribers. Additional price hikes are coming, but more people may soon be able to watch Disney Plus content anyway, since some of it will come to Hulu. CEO Bob Iger said traditional TV is still lagging, but Disney saw a boost in revenue from its theme parks. Stocks trading lower today. George Santos charged with crimes of dishonesty um, after being dragged in court of public opinion for deceiving voters about his qualification and his personal connection to 9-11. His lying ways or his misleading ways has finally caught up to him in the creation of 13 financial crimes being charged against him. Ultimately playing around with campaign donations that ended up in his pocket. Falsely claiming unemployment in the summer of 2020 to get $24,000 in pandemic-era benefits. Failed to mention those unemployment benefits or earnings from Harbor City on congressional financial disclosure forms. Um, Set up what is referred to as a classic Ponzi scheme when he was employed as a Florida-based investment firm, Harbor City Capital. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this is your Congress. Donald Trump said something that I think was the the most interesting thing to me last night. (laughs) And um, I got to tell you, it's controversial, but is it crazy? Donald Trump says the GOP should let the U.S. default on its debt. Speaking at a town hall event with most Republican voters on CNN, the former president in 2024 hopeful said Republicans should allow the country to default on its debt unless Biden agrees to massive cuts. He also doubled down on his claims that the 2020 election was rigged and wouldn't say whether or not he would sign a federal abortion ban on or whether he wanted Russia or Ukraine to win the war. The one that was really interesting to me was saying that the U.S. should default on its debt because it's going to anyway. I think it would be calamity, and I think wealth would be washed away from the United States quickly if we defaulted on our debt. I don't think he knows what he's talking about, financially speaking, but I know I'm not trying to drag on him. Not my thing, not my place, not my game. Uh, But I think that one's a, a, a bad idea. Google yesterday introduced... AI search and a foldable phone. I don't get foldable phones, but forgive me. Forgive me. Um, Not saying they're not going to sell a lot of them. The Googleplex team or what's left after of it after 12,000 person layoff in January, they've been developing stuff and they've shared it with uh, app developers to see if they can't get some of the stuff to take off. Google announced its new AI model, Palm 2 which will power its level-upped BARD chatbot. 
Palm two was trained on academic papers in a hundred plus languages. It may be the future of search instead of gathering up a bunch of links sponsored or popular answers to queries will be written by Google's AI and will appear at the top of the page for some searches. The update will roll out to just a few users at first, but could signal a radical change for of publishers and how I get my information out there. It's all, you know, in Google search, I may get, you know, edged out. Google's first foldable phone, it's $1,800, $1,799. It's highly anticipated. It is a Google Pixel Fold. It's going to hit uh, shelves basically in June, late June, almost early July. Um, Google also launched its first Pixel tablet and a new Pixel 7a smartphone. Neither of them fold. Um, they, did, they did a real cheap phone, too. That's what that gets to. Google Maps will add immersive view for routes in selected cities where users can see a 3D view of their route with features like traffic simulation, bike lanes, and uh, parking info. So continuing to upgrade there. A Google executive roasted Apple for still not making iMessage available to Android users. There's your updates. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Stick around. I got more coming. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. So more often than not, if I'm not doing an interview with a CFP or market strategist on the show, I start with yesterday, looked at what happened and why. Then I turn to the headline news that might be important to some listeners who, quite honestly, don't want to deal with CNN, ABC, NBC, what have you. Um, then I try to get to what's working in today's market and why. Then I try to get in some strategy on what stocks are working or what stocks I like and why. Um, I try to share everything that I can. That's the agenda on this show. Let's take a look at today. Uh, Wednesday's trade was the 2023 trade classic. Concerns about growth to be seen. Yet the mega cap stocks outperformed largely because of growth concerns. And made the market look better than it was. This is a very narrowly led stock market. If you own Microsoft, NVIDIA, if you own Apple, you've done very, very well. And then you start getting into some, some stocks have done pretty good. And you start getting into the underperformers. And it's just the underperformers that you want working. You don't want... You want the rising tide to lift all ships, not just a couple of them, because it doesn't make sense when you look at it. This morning, there's some awkward news yet again in the world of banking. PacWest disclosed deposits declined approximately 9.5% for the week ending May 5, and its stock is down 20%. I don't see how they survive. And I think out of this whole banking crisis, we're going to have, and this isn't a crisis. This the, That's the thing that stinks. This is just bad management. Um in the banking industry, it's not a crisis. Banks are failing. People are losing their jobs. No doubt. The banks that remain are, are, are tightening their lending standards because they don't want to see a run on the banks in any way, shape, or form. And what we're seeing is PacWest is having a run on the bank. Why? Because they didn't match up the risk level with their cash deposits correctly. And they got caught by the Fed raising interest rates. News gets out, their deposits are, are being pulled, and that perpetuates other people at PacWest who bank there say, you know what, I'm not going to sit around and put myself in a bad situation. 
um, and just wait for it to happen. I'm going to go ahead and close my account. Click, 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 click. Five total clicks and you're out. Legislation's coming. Jamie Dimon talked a little bit about that. He said that regional banks are quite strong, that he hopes the SEC will look into short sellers. That's the problem that I think is out there as well, is I think it's easy now to use social media to make um, a bad situation look way uglier than it actually is. Loans aren't failing at the banks. That's a bad sign, but it's not happening. Um, <laughs> the quick move in interest rates caught poor money managers at banks sleeping. And they put their safe money into, if you look at safe as one out of 10 and risky as 10, they move their money from one to level two or one and a half. But because the Fed raised interest rates 500 basis points over a 14 month period, it really hit them hard. Okay, let's talk big one today. The producer price index. Woo, this is a big one. It's not quite CPI. It's the middlemen. It's the people who are producing things. Um, I guess it's not the middlemen. I guess it's the uh, the producers. I'm just going to say it like that. Final demand increased two-tenths of a percent month over month in April. It followed a upwardly revised four-tenths of a percent decline in March. The index for final demand, excluding food and energy, increased two-tenths of a percent month over month. I can tell you right now, bottom line, that's not bad. It's not terribly inflationary. The producer inflation continues to moderate. On a year-over-year basis, PPI was up 2.3% versus 2.7% in March, excluding food and energy, up 3.2%. Initial jobless claims for the week ending May 6th. Oh, my initial jobless claims come out on Thursday and I, I talk about them every week and I say the same thing. It's the people who have been put out of a job who go get in line to get unemployment. They increased by twenty two thousand to two hundred sixty four thousand um, a little bit weaker in the job market. Uh, but still, any number under three hundred fifty is a pretty good number for the labor market. So. On one hand, if we want to beat inflation fast, we want people to lose their jobs because you can't spend what you're not making. On the other hand, we want a soft landing when the economy starts to break down further and further and further. If people have jobs, we'll be able to to get through it. It's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Well, Disney's in the news today, down 6% essentially. Some relatively disappointing fiscal second quarter results that featured a 2% year-over-year decline in Disney Plus paid subscribers. They talked a lot about Disney. I'm going to do that story on TV this morning. Um, Some of the insights into Disney's quarter. Um, The media and entertainment distribution segment saw sales rise 3% to $14 billion from a year ago. Revenue at Disney Parks and Experiences soared 17% to $7.7 billion. But the Disney Plus numbers is where you get caught up and you go, have we hit peak streaming yet? Disney's going to start bundling Disney with Hulu, with ESPN. And what used to be, they're trying to stop people from quitting. So, for instance, if you have Hulu and you really like that weekly TV show on NBC, you'll get that. So once you're done binging Mandalorian, you'll stick around for maybe the Hulu part. 
or when you're done with the Hulu part, which is live television, ABC, NBC, CBS, um, maybe you will, I don't know, CBS is on that. I don't have Hulu, so I, I don't know if it's CBS. I think CBS may be excluded. But the idea is you'll stick around maybe for ESPN Super Bowl or basketball games. It's kind of interesting, right? We used to have this cable package where we go, it's too much TV. Why am I paying $150 a month for 700 channels when I only watch seven? So media gave us what we want. They gave us, you know, small networks, just a bullet shot into all things Disney Plus or into all things uh, HBO. And we were able to say, you know, goodbye cable and we cut the cord and now look what they're doing. They're putting it all back together again. I don't know if I like that. It just is like, where are we going with this? Strategically, it makes a ton of sense. But streaming for Disney lost $200 million. Now, this time last year, Disney Plus lost $700 million. A lot going on there, right? So Disney is trimming its streaming losses, but that's still a pretty big number. Interesting bill in front of the Senate now. It's being discussed that I I own no marijuana stocks. I don't want to own any marijuana stocks. I don't have a desire to own any marijuana stocks. But if I did, I'd keep my fingers crossed that the Senate passes this new legislation called the Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act, which would ultimately make it banking doable for marijuana and the cannabis industry. Right now, it's a cash-driven industry, and that stinks as a business. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black. My job is to give you information that you could use to make better financial decisions. I have probably four total credit cards. I use a Verizon card, for instance, because my family of four uses Verizon for our phone service and it saves us money on our phone bill, which is pretty consistent. On top of that, using a Verizon card at restaurants and gas stations and grocery stores gives me 4% cash back. That's the highest level I've seen on all of those on a consistent basis. Yes, there are some credit cards that give you 5% back on those select categories, but they rotate them on a monthly basis. I'm not interested in the rotation. So my groceries cost 4% less than yours. Of which I was talking to a friend yesterday uh, over the weekend, and he talked a little bit about grocery buying and how he goes to grocery outlet. And he says, you know, it's not my favorite thing, Rob, but it saves my family a lot of money. And he says everything's a little bit awkward or a little bit off, but for a lot of the basics, you can end up doing well. But he admitted to shopping at two to th- two stores, one where he gets all of his cheap essentials and one where he gets some of the things, the luxuries that he wants. And his luxuries are like at Lucky and Safeway, not at Whole Foods. He's not going at a Whole Foods anytime soon because he's on a budget. Fascinating, is it not? So back to my credit cards. Uh, I've got to chase Sapphire for travel. One of the things that I like to spend my money on is travel. And that means airplanes. It used to mean hotels. Now it means Airbnbs. Um, Although next week I'm traveling and staying in a hotel. But that's by myself for business. So that's neither here nor there. So Chase Sapphire Rewards. um, That gets me 3% off on my airplanes. 
3% off on my hotels and the points that accrue, I can use and get 50% more buying power when I do uh, what I do for personal vacations. And then for the one that doesn't fall into travel or hotels or airplanes or grocery stores or um, uh, gas stations or restaurants, I use uh, city double cash, which gives me 2% back on things that don't fall into any category that, that's that's normal. Like, for instance, if um, an electricity bill. Now, if the electricity bill says I'm going to charge you a 2% convenience charge or 2.5% convenience charge for using your credit card, then I just go straight from my bank account. The old ACH. Um, on top of all this, my other credit cards, Amazon, I only use with Amazon purchases. They do have some pretty attractive, um, like, hey, if you put your cable bill on the Amazon card, we'll give you a little more money back. Yeah, I'm okay there is how I play that game. But 5% off everything I buy at Amazon feels like I'm getting 5% off. So those are the credit cards that I use. Um, I did get a Best Buy card because on occasion, I go to Best Buy. And that gives me 3 to 5% off and better return ability. So a little bit more customer service. But again, that's I don't buy much at Best Buy. And every credit card I pay the balance on every month. I have not had a late payment in 20 plus years. And if you had had late payments, you, you need to, even if it's just one, you're doing something wrong. I automatically have my balances paid through my bank account. And that's how I handle my money. Let's talk about some of the other stories that are out there. Microsoft agreed to buy electricity in 2028 from a nuclear fusion startup backed by Sam Altman. Hold on. What did he just say? <laughs> Microsoft is going to buy electricity. Okay, that makes sense. They have big data warehouses. From a nuclear fusion startup? Sweet. I need to know more about that because that technology doesn't exist yet. Last, maybe sometime in the winter, there was an experiment done in a laboratory where we actually created more energy with fusion than the cost of, of pushing it into the fusion. So we were able to create extra energy ultimately is the goal for fusion. Now, what's interesting about that is the technology is not there yet, and it's run by a guy named Sam Altman, the company that's doing the fusion. I don't know enough about it. 2028 basically said, you know, we want to buy it and we will buy it from you, Sam. Go develop this technology. Now, Sam Altman's the guy who also does the open AI, and that's working out really, really nicely for, for um, Microsoft. So Microsoft's like OpenAI, Sam Altman, thank you very much. You you did a, a good thing with ChatGPT. And that little fusion project that you're working on, on the side, that could change the freaking, freaking world. That's huge. I don't mean to curse, but that's that's what I'm I'm saying when you could imply what it means, right? Frank Notion. I know you're saying, isn't his name Frank Ocean? No, no, no. The scammer who used AI generated technology and made thousands of dollars selling fake leaked Frank Ocean songs. The dude pulled off thousands of dollars in scams to Frank Ocean fans. Now, again, showing my age, I know Frank Ocean has played at some festivals. I just don't know enough Frank Ocean music. Sorry. 
I wouldn't know if it's AI generated or not, but I'm certainly not buying music on the side these days. Hey, buddy, come over here. I want to buy a Frank Ocean song. Why does it say Frank Notion? Because it's AI generated, but I'm not supposed to tell you that. Okay, so AI generated is starting to create criminals. Didn't we just start talking about this three months ago? On top of that, a man in China was arrested for allegedly using ChatGPT to fabricate news, a news article about a deadly train crash that didn't happen. I um, asked AI yesterday to write a poem for Mother's Day. And it did. And it did a really, really good job. Well, no, no, no. I, I need to be careful and say that it did a really good job because... Um, let me just read you the results. So my kids' names are Cameron and Zach. And here's the poem. So I punched in, rate Mother's Day poem, Cameron and Zach. In the realm of love's embrace, she stands, a mother with gentle hands, with Cameron and Zachary, her heart's delight. She nurtures their dream like stars shining bright, a beacon of warmth, a guiding light. She knows love, love knows no bounds, day or night. She holds their dreams close like treasures rare, guiding them through their life with tender care. In her embrace, they find solace and peace, a haven of love that will never cease. Her laughter and wisdom fill their days. Her unconditional love lights their ways. It's not a bad poem. It goes on and on, and I, I won't bore you with that. I know you're probably already bored, but I, I don't want to see impressed. But that was instead of going to a Google site and Googling, you know, Mother's Day poems and then plagiarizing that for the kids to write to her in a card. I felt this felt a little bit, a little bit better. I know you're saying you probably have plagiarized Shakespeare. For, <laughs> I probably have. Oh, um, a lot of stories about Tucker Carlson's new Twitter show and how it could uh, hurt Twitter because the advertisers at with Tucker Carlson aren't considered quality and Elon Musk really needs to get quality advertisements back on Twitter as he's shaking it up. It'll be interesting to see. I'm all for that experiment of media being delivered in different ways. Um, I like the idea of jumping on a Twitter show and all my followers are like, Hey, look, Rob's starting the show right now. I I'm not against it. It's just the advertising angle on it is going to be, the approach that we all need to pay attention to. Let's go uh, move forward with some other issues. Elon Musk teased a new Tesla Cybertruck tool rack. He was given a speech um, at a Cybertruck. Um, what was it at? Uh, Elon Musk. It's a tool rack that's now mounted to the Cybertruck. And the tool rack has these really cool, awesome looking shovels. So he was given a speech tied towards a ceremony for Tesla's new lithium refinery in Texas. That's a big deal. A lithium refinery in Texas. Say what you want about Musk. And sometimes I find him. I, I, I don't like his political views to. He, he's got an army of young people who listen to whatever he says. And I, I don't know if I want celebrity entrepreneurs. I don't know if I want um, celebrity political hacks, but again, I guess I can't stop it. Right. But um, so in front of the lithium thing, in front of the lithium factory celebration party, he pulled out a cyber truck and this time he mounted some tools, some picks and shovels on the, the hood and it looks pretty cool. So just throw that down there for you. Still not here. Supposed to be here. End of the year. The cyber truck. 
kind of a goofy looking truck to me, but what am I to say? I don't know style. Warren Buffett's Apple bet is worth $158 billion or 22% of Berkshire Hathaway's total market value. He's not worried about the, how big of a wager that is. I was recently thinking about buying my sons one share each of a Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway. The baby bees, not the, not the really expensive ones, the, the fractional shares. But why not just buy him Apple? You know, is what it comes down to. I know he has other holdings like Coca-Cola and Geico. Um, great businesses, great businesses. Um, but Apple is the apple of his eye, apparently. And he says, um, not worried, not worried about how big of a company it is. I think I know where Apple is going to be in five or 10 years. I don't know where car companies are going to be in five to 10 years. Warren Buffett said he talks about people giving up on their phones. And if a person had to give up a, a second car for the family or a, or a second phone, and he said people would give up a car. Isn't that crazy? I think he's more right than wrong. For the record, I own shares of Apple. I do not own shares of Berkshire Hathaway. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. So cleaning up some news stories and some strategy ideas. Best Buy is tackling its sales slump with a new membership plan. As a investor i don't want to own best buy i think it's golden days were when in the 1990s when circuit city failed and started to go into bankruptcy and you saw best buy go from 10 stores to 40 stores to 80 stores to 160 stores that's the part of the retail story that i like i'm not impressed going into a best buy and seeing basically a warehouse you could seriously lose a kid in a best buy right um, you can have a family of five going and you can all go in five different directions and land in five different. It's too big for me. It's too much real estate. I don't like it. Um, I like much smaller ideas or concepts or even like maybe Amazon, who is more about warehouses, sending you stuff versus physical stores. Now, again, that changes from time to time. Right. But Best Buy is introducing a new membership plan, unveiled a new suite of tiered membership options called My Best Buy Membership. The system builds on Best Buy's loyalty program, Total Tech, and aims to give customers the ability to personalize their memberships to best fit their needs. Um, I, I Loyalty programs are a funny way of trying to keep you as a loyal customer. And some of them are more attractive than others. I don't know if I need a loyalty program tied towards electronics. Yes, I have a phone, and yes, I'll probably have a phone on the day I die. Maybe if I were to put my hand on a Bible and pledge allegiance to buy my phones only from Best Buy, I'd be oh, sweet. I could do it from the... Uh, no. The My Best Buy Plus costs $49 a year. It tax on member-only prices, exclusive access to sales, free two-day shipping, and an extended period of returns for exchanges. The highest tier for my Best Buy total costs $179 per year, um, where you get free tech support for up to two years of product protection, 20% off repairs, and if promotional service offers on home installation. Like, no, that one doesn't sing to me. Does it sing to you? I'll take, you know, uh, Starbucks. And I, I don't drink coffee on a regular basis. Um, but if I, I did, I, I Starbucks is a lovely loyalty program. I fly a lot to LA for business and I have no problem signing up for Southwest loyalty program. Um, 
but not not loving what I'm seeing out of Best Buy. What else do we have out there today? The debt ceiling and how it impacts your finances. One of the basics that you have to understand of finance is the U.S. government securities uh, represent a risk-free rate of return. You can go out and buy a treasury from the United States, a bond from the United States, and historically, we've always paid you back. The government has always paid us back. And that may not happen is the idea. Once the debt limit or the debt ceiling is reached, the U.S. government cannot borrow more until Congress raises the cap. That means that under current rules, there soon won't be enough cash to make upcoming interest payments on existing debt. After we miss one payment, we have 15 days till another payment's due, and that's when our credit rating gets wrecked. So I think we're going to get through this because it's in our best interest. But here's what would happen. Borrowing costs in the United States would rise. The primary effect would be interest rates going up significantly, significantly. There would be possible furloughs and delayed paychecks. This means workers are temporarily laid off and not receiving a paycheck. During the 2019 shutdown, over 800,000 federal workers were either furloughed or expected to continue working without pay. They were eventually compensated for back pay once the government reopened. So we see how this has kind of worked in the past. In theory, if the debt ceiling is breached, it could delay Social Security and Medicare payments. Social Security is called the third rail of American politics, as any politician considering making changes risk the electrocution and death of their political career. Again, you have to think that this won't happen. You would have longer waits for tax refunds. Your 401k and your investments could be affected. Uh, these are all real things that can happen due to the federal government not paying its debt. During the 2011 credit rating downgrade and near default, bond yields actually fell as investors feared non-payment less than they feared the slow growth or recession that might come from default. So they bought bonds of the very entity whose dysfunction caused the mess to begin with. In times of crisis, investors generally run to perceive safety of cash or government bonds. And this is kind of funny because this is all about government bonds and our debt. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Let's take a quick look at the market. Uh, let's see. Tapestry stock is doing well. Um, the S&P 500 is down. It's not really going anywhere. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is down. It's, down, it's the big loser today. Down almost 1%. And the Nasdaq's down fractionally. Not really seeing anything there. Oh, oil's lower. Okay, there's a story for you. Um, the Brussels 2000 is also down 21, down 1.2%. Remember how I started the segments today? Saying, if you're not Microsoft, if you're not Apple, if you're not NVIDIA, if you're not Facebook, you're underperforming the market this year probably. Those guys are, are pounding the market and lifting the S&P 500 up. It's very narrow, very narrow. And in the world, you want wide. <clears throat> Crude oil down to $71 a barrel. That's telling me today it's down 1.6%. We're looking at a world recession coming sooner rather than later, or a world slowdown in economic growth sooner rather than later. And oil is telling us 
they want to move the product so they're lowering price because it's not going to be demand that moves the product. Ten-year Treasury sits at 3.3%. Wow. That's been a little bit of a silent move recently. That's in an area where mortgage rates should start coming down and stimulate a little bit of demand and refinancing. And elsewhere out there, my final thought of the day. Oh, I wanted to add a little bit more on what Warren Buffett owns because I, I talked a little bit about how much he owns in Apple as being overweighted in his uh, Berkshire. He also owns Granimals. He's in the energy business, the railroad business, Coca-Cola, Kraft Heinz, Geico, Duracell. He owns a railway, uh, a train, a rain, a railway, Burlington Northern. Um, He's pretty diversified. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever, and it can be hard to even know where to begin. So set aside Thursday evening, May 25th, and get ready to learn some strategies from Chad Burton and Rob Black that can help you retire better and pass on your estate while minimizing taxes. That's May 25th at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. This event will focus on retirement income and tax planning. If you're nearing or are in retirement and have at least 500000 in investable assets. This seminar is for you. Chad will explain how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, how to protect your estate from long-term care costs, and much more. Learn how to invest during high inflation and interest rate moves, social security strategies, and managing IRAs and 401ks in retirement. Rob Black will share market happenings and trends. That's Thursday, May 25th, 6.30 p.m. at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. Sign up for the event at chadburton.com. For Katie DOW listeners will waive the sign-up fee. ChadBurton.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.